Okay, on this week's episode, we have a special guest, yes, Jeff Struker. Jeff Struker. We've been looking forward to this for a long time. Yeah, and it, it's awesome. And uh, we talk about what it means to be a real man. Yeah, manly man. Yep. So step up, be a real man, and listen to this interview. Because if you don't listen to this interview, you're not a real man. <laughs> that's, that's not bad. Hey, one more thing to remember, because I don't know that we mentioned it. Don't forget this week, show up. Oh, you're right. And Show up and do your best. You're right. We haven't said that. It's been a couple weeks. But that goes right along with it this does. episode. It does. Show up and do your best and listen to this entire episode. You will not yeah. regret it. Yeah. Here we go. The DC Experiment. And we're back. <laughs> you say that every week. Because <laughs> we're back. We're back. Welcome, and, everybody. Uh, yeah. Hey, friends and family. Friends, yeah. Mostly family at this point in <laughs> well, time. We, we hope we have some friends. But, you know, we've got a couple friends You're out there. you my friend. Yeah, it's mostly family and Brandon. <laughs> but uh, we will be... I have a few friends who listen Do as you? well. Yeah. We're going to get there. My wife listens. I'm not giving up. That's called family, see? I know, but I have friends who listen too. <sighs> Same. Don't you sigh at me. Okay. I'm not going to sigh at you. But this is an exciting episode. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited. We've been looking forward to this for a long time. Uh, yeah, this is pretty Weeks. cool. It finally happened. And uh, I tell you what. Um, tell me. Hmm. The fact that Jeff Struker yeah. was willing to come on... Um, our show and do an interview with this was very humbling. Oh man, to me uh, because yeah. he, you know, um, was it Jace Rob Robertson says, uh, you know, uh, what's for big time? You know, yeah. like some people get big time and they get too big time for us uh, for small time <laughs> for yeah. small time. Well, we are definitely we're pretty, small we're time. Pretty small time, yeah. And Jeff is definitely big time. Jeff is big time. And uh, let, I, let, me, let me read you a little bit about Jeff. This is this is kind of an introduction to today's interview. Uh, Jeff Strucker was a decorated soldier. All right, at age eighteen, he enlisted in the army as an infantryman, retired as a chaplain with over twenty-two years of active service. Uh, he was inducted in twenty seventeen into the U.S. Army Ranger Hall of Fame. He served for ten years with the seventy fifth Ranger Regiment. Um, he was a private to platoon sergeant. He's been a lot of stuff. He attended all kinds of military schools, got all kinds of awards and recommendations, including uh, the Ranger Tab, Combat Infantryman's Badge, Pathfinder Badge, Master Parachutist wing, Parachutist's Wings, Military Freefall Master Parachutist Wings. Wow. His combat experience includes participation in the invasion of Panama, Operation Desert Storm, Black Hawk Down incident in Somalia, and more than a dozen combat tours in Afghanistan and Iraq. He has been awarded medals for valor in combat and has received many medals as a recognition for his service in the U.S. Army. I mean, this guy in the military is a man among boys. Uh, he also holds, just, just as an aside, you know, what I guess he would probably say is even more important now, he holds a Ph.D., from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary in Wake Forest, North Carolina. And he's also earned uh, other degrees as well. And he's an award-winning author. He's got five books. He's written five books. And um, he's got kids and grandkids. So uh, this guy is, is 
he is a big deal. And we're so blessed and fortunate to have him um, on our little show. Yeah, the thing that uh, it was it was funny. I was telling, I started researching before, and I was just blown away at him. And uh, like I said, Andrew gave me his information, and I kept that phone number uh, for like two weeks before I called because I was just too nervous <laughs> to call and just explain to him my situation, but. Uh, Jeff was so kind yeah. and so um, supportive of what we we're doing, trying to encourage mm-hmm. men. And he's like, dude, I I can get behind that and I'll, I'll do yes. it. And I just, man, I'm just so thankful. And and I was so nervous too. And Jeff is probably listening to this because <laughs> he's going to help promote this episode. Yeah, right? But I was so nervous because uh, of everything he's done, everything he stands for, he really is a uh, just a really awesome person. Oh, he's a stand-up guy, man. Yeah, such, such a great... and so humble. I love that. And uh, I was talking to my wife about it, and she's like, "Caleb, just take a deep breath," because I'm all, <laughs> I'm all nervous and scared. I'm like, I am so nothing. I don't know what to do, <laughs> and I, I'm not a professional. I don't know what I'm doing. Right. I'm just trying to follow. You know, we're trying to follow this thing we're doing. And Kimberly's like, just remember. And she's, she sounded kind of like my dad a little bit, you know, we all put our pants on one leg at a time, <laughs> you know, he's just a man, just like you. And I'm like, well, no, not just like me. <laughs> but she's like, take a deep breath and just do it. And uh, I don't know, I was just humbled and honored that yeah. he was a part of part of what we're doing. And, and we'll be here in just a couple minutes. We're going to put him on. Yeah. And we're going to, we ask him a lot of questions about... Uh, what should we do as men? How do we step up? How mm-hmm. do we lead our families? And, and what are his thoughts? And he shared, I mean, you're going to listen to it. He shares some of the stuff that he went through yeah. in combat. He shares about what he's doing as a pastor. And uh, yeah, it's really great stuff. It's very encouraging. It was very encouraging to me. Yep, and hopefully me it's encouraging to you other men out there as well. Absolutely. And I just want to say thank you, Jeff, for being here. Yeah, we sure appreciate you being here. Yeah, thank you guys so much for the invitation. Uh, well, I'm honored to have you here. I think this is really cool. I got your information from Andrew, and uh, he talked you up like you were pretty cool. And then I started doing a little research and <laughs> found out that you were oh, man. pretty, pretty, pretty Holy cool. Cow, get your bio, my word. You, you, I, I, I thank you for your service. By the way, I just want to start oh, off man, with that. that. I love uh, it. I, we sure appreciate you and, and everything you did. Yeah, and, you. and continue to do, by the way, with your, sure. with your ministry and your and your service to the lord and to your people well the reason we wanted to have you on today is uh, dennis and i started this podcast about two months ago uh to encourage fathers um because i started looking and and husbands fathers (laughs) and husbands yes the um i started looking around the internet a while ago and i couldn't find anything that was really uh, Christ-based and encouraging men to step up and lead their families and lead their homes. And so yeah. I started meeting with other husbands and fathers, Andrew being one of them. And uh, he said, man, if you can, he's like, get a hold of Jeff and talk to him because he uh, actually kind of shares a passion about uh, challenging other fathers and and husbands to step up and serve the Lord. And so I just wanted to ask you and have you share a little bit about your passion about encouraging men to step up and lead their families the way Christ would have us do it. Yeah. Well, thanks again, guys, for having me on. And I'll tell you a little bit about how this really started for me. Um, I joined the army while I was still in high school 
left right after graduation and spent almost my entire adult life in the army. I retired after 23 years of active service. And almost all that I know about being a man or what I observed about being a dad or being a father, I watched from guys in the army. As you can imagine, there's some really good examples, but a whole lot of really bad examples. It makes sense. And I'm not sure exactly when this started for me, but I was a Christian since I was a teenager. So before joining the military, I had this strong Christian faith. And at some point, you know, early into my army career, I started looking around at the guys that I was serving with. And, and I was serving in special operations units, which means these are some of the strongest, smartest, toughest guys on the planet, yeah. quite literally. Yeah. And I started looking at the way that they were living their lives, man, the kind of dads that they were, what they were talking about at work, about their home, their marriages, the kind of husbands that they were. And I started realizing, uh-oh, if these are the best men in America, we we got and we got some stuff to work on as guys, mm. which started me. Um, you know, kind of thinking about me, about the kind of husband and the father that I want to be. Mm. And very briefly, uh, just to explain where this ends up with me. So when I retired from the army at my retirement ceremony, I said, you know, I have some medals on my chest and I have some awesome memories that I would go back and do in a heartbeat. But the thing that I'm most proud of uh, is that my high school sweetheart is still my wife. Oh, and our awesome. five children, we have a strong relationship with to this day and not not a whole lot of military uh, families can say that. Mm. And it's because I put a lot of really, really hard work into being a dad and a father. Yeah. And I want to help other guys. No, that's that, yeah, that's exactly why we're doing this, too. We want to help other guys step up because uh, I think, well, we, we said this a while back, like. Uh, the cornerstone of a healthy society is a healthy family. And I believe that the cornerstone of a healthy family is the husband leading his family. And the cornerstone of a healthy man should be Jesus Christ. Man, I couldn't say it any better. And that's what I've been trying to say for about 30 years to guys right wow. there. That's the essence of what's going wrong in America. Hmm. But that's also the essence of what needs to be fixed. And if this thing can get turned around, and I'm convinced we got a great future ahead of us. If this turns, if masculinity in America and specifically dads and husbands, um, if that changes, we got a great future in front of us. If it doesn't, we're in trouble. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, that's exactly right. The Bible calls us to step up as men and lead our homes and lead our families and uh, you have been a great example of that. Like I said, in your background, not a lot of men actually are successful in their family lives and, uh, and they're being with their children. Yeah. So, so what, did, what did you do differently compared to the guys that you were serving with? Yeah. Well, I think I should say this up front. I don't have the perfect marriage. Ask my wife. She'll be able to tell you <laughs> I am not the perfect husband. And we don't have the perfect children, but we've got a great relationship um, and it's because of a lot of hard work. It's because of a lot of forgiveness and a lot of sacrifice. Mm. And so in the military, you know, the, the army, not just the army, but the military makes incredible demands on a warrior mm. guy or gal. 
it puts a lot of stress and a lot of pressure on a military family mm. and not just the military though. I mean, I think the world that we live in almost every career puts lots of pressure, lots of stress on a relationship. Sure. And as a result, if you want a strong marriage, you're going to have to make some sacrifices. Mm. There may be the day and I counseled many, when I eventually became an army chaplain, I counseled uh, more than a few career uh, soldiers with this question like if i stick around the military it may cost me my my marriage it may cost me my children mm. should i stay because i'm really good at what i do and i really love it huh. or should i leave and i think not just the military but i think a lot of dads a lot of husbands are in this boat like i'm i'm being pulled i feel like there's a tug of war going on and i'm the rope yeah how do you tell guys to, um, how do you, how, how am I trying to say, how do you encourage guys to maintain that perspective of what's really important, uh, be it their career, whether it's a military career or their family life? Yeah, this is, it deserves more time than we have in this podcast, <laughs> but really what it boils down to, and when I, I'm trying to give career advice, because those guys that are coming to me, they're asking me career advice. Should I leave, especially right now, because my career is on fast track and there's no limit to how far I can go, mm. but I may lose my family if I don't leave. Should I stay or should I go? That's a hard question to answer. Yeah, right. And the framework to answer this question, I think, is basically what do you want 20 years from now? Do you want the corner office? Do you want CEO on the door? Or do you want a wife and children that you have a great relationship? Because you may not be able to have both. And, and uh, if you can't have both, I would just say, now you have you have to decide right now, which one of those two do you want? Hmm. Now, that that's not carte blanche. Some guys can have both. But most of us are not going to be in a situation where you can have both. So you're going to have to make some sacrifices. Wow. So how does your faith play into um, your counseling with the guys? Like, because to me, I hear a big divide. Basically, it's your definition of what the world considers to be successful or what the Lord considers to be successful. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, my faith ultimately influences everything about me hmm. to include the way that I advise especially guys. I, I'm surrounded by guys in the city that I live in. I'm in a church with a lot of men, a lot of really good, a lot of strong men, and spent almost my entire career in all male units. So I'm around guys. I know guys pretty well. And I try to tell them like, hey guys, you may have to make some sacrifices. And when it comes down to sacrificing, what you believe and what you hold valuable is really going to come to the surface. Hmm. You can't cheat on this test. If you really want respect and power and paycheck and prestige, then chase after the corner office and CEO. Mm. But don't don't have the illusion that you may be able to have a great marriage and a strong relationship with your children at the same time. Mm. If you want that family life, you may have to give up the corner office. And then the question becomes... 10,000 years from now, and I have asked it in these words, yeah. 10,000 years from now, what really matters? Exactly. Does the corner office matter 10,000 years from now? Right. Or does your relationship with your children who watched you live out your faith and wanted the kind of faith that you had, does that matter 
10,000 years from now puts a lot of things into perspective. Yeah, yeah. it does. That's for sure. An eternal perspective. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. Well, <clears throat> I heard you give uh, your testimony about uh, the basically the black. I watched some videos that you've put out on YouTube, and I uh, listened to your testimony about the uh, Black Hawk Down incident where you came back after that first initial uh, barrage and that's where you basically had that talk with the Lord of, hey, I'm either going to go home and see my family or I'm going to go home and see my Savior. And that's what changed you to the point of going out back with uh, facing the enemy again. Yeah, that's you just summarized my when I talk <laughs> uh, and share my story. You just summarized the story pretty well. Um, for me, there was this life or death moment in Somalia where I was absolutely certain that I was going to die if I rolled back out in the city streets. And as an army ranger, I had sworn an oath to the guys that I serve with. So I knew I had no choice but to go back out in the streets mm-hmm. and go back out there to those guys from my unit that were still out there fighting for their lives. And I felt like, OK, this is a suicide mission. By going back out there, I know I'm going to die. And if I don't go back out there, I know the guys in the city streets are going to die. This is not, there's no easy scenario. And as you just described, at the moment of my, this is without without question, the moment of the greatest fear I've ever experienced in my life. Like I am certain that I'm going to die. And at that moment, I prayed, I trusted it in the Lord's hands and he gave me I don't even have the words to say it, but just supernatural peace Mm. to say, Jeff, maybe you are going to die, but you know where you're going to spend eternity. Mm. So don't worry about it. Nice. Just do your job. (laughs) I love it. And the best bigger, if, if I can, if I can just explain for me, the bigger, probably the more profound event was after the big battle was over with, when guys were coming back to our base, the bullets are done flying, the dust is settled. And then a lot of those guys were coming up to me saying, I watched you last night, Jeff, and I heard it in your voice over the radio. You have something that I don't have, and mm. I, I need to know what it is. That's what set me on a course, course to eventually become an army chaplain and hmm. now a pastor today. And do you think we have the same opportunity now with all this coronavirus stuff happening to share that same um, peace or uh, that perspective to help lead other people to the Lord? Yes, no question. In fact, I'm trying to tell uh, Christians as often as I can, as loudly as I can, right now is a strategic moment in history. Mm. I've never, I'm a student of history, and I've never seen the entire world in the same situation at the same time like the whole world is right now. And I think people are scared about getting the virus or scared about losing their job, and fear itself will cause folks to do some pretty irrational things. (laughs) Agreed. But I also think people are now thinking about, well, what happens if I get the virus? What happens if I die? And some people who have never really considered, is there anything after you die, Hmm. are now asking those questions. Right. Which means God is placing before Christians, you have this golden moment Hmm. to reach some people that five months from now, they may not want to hear it, but right now they're listening. Hmm. And we can't fumble the ball. I feel like the ball is on the goal line. We can't fumble it. We, we have to live out our faith in, in front of them and, and tell them, look, 
I don't have to be afraid of getting the virus and dying from it because I know where I'm going to spend eternity. Yeah, yeah that's and you awesome. don't have to be afraid either. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. So what would you tell uh, fathers and husbands right now at this time how to lead their families through this? Yeah, I've been trying to lead our church uh, nightly through a bit of prayer. And over the last couple of weeks, a couple of the times that we've been meeting together for prayer, me leading us online through prayer, is telling parents, especially, but dads, the way that you handle this right now, your children are watching. Mm. Your wife is watching this. And if you're scared, it's okay. In fact, don't act like you're not scared because it's okay to be scared. The whole idea of uh, the man who isn't afraid, that guy doesn't exist. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to admit that you're afraid. But how you handle your fear, your children are watching this too. And they will remember that for the rest of their lives. Yeah, wow. So if you're scared about losing your job, be honest with them. And pour your heart out to them, pour your heart out to the Lord and, and lead them well. If you're worried that this, you may not have enough money and you're going to lose the house, be honest with your wife about it and show her a man that is realistic and, and, and not sure what the future holds, but also show her a man who's willing to brave the storm and face the struggles and Mm -hmm. trust the results in God's hands. I think we have a chance to be a powerful example Here's what I think 50 years from now, our grandchildren are going to say, I watched my grandfather. Mm. I watched him. I watched my dad during the coronavirus. And here's how my dad handled it. Mm. And they'll talk about that 50 years from now. Yeah. Wow. That's a good perspective to take on it. I love that. So I'm, I'm asking dads, just be honest, man. It's okay to be afraid, but it's also your opportunity to live your faith out in front of them in a way that's real and in a way that they want it. Like, I don't know if I believe what my dad believes, but I know he believes it with every ounce of his <laughs> I know that. Yeah. yeah, see, that's awesome. So do you think that um, being in the military made you a better father slash husband or a worse father slash husband? Well, I don't think it made me better or worse, but I know that it made me different. Um, because I spent almost my entire career in the Army in special operations, which is rapid deployment units, no notice, can be anywhere on the globe tomorrow, Mm. uh, doing bad things to bad people, and knowing that I may not come back, uh, I may not come back home. So it caused me to be the kind of dad that says, I got to grab the moment right now while I've got it, Mm. because I may not be here tomorrow. Um, My wife may be a widow, our children may grow up an orphan, because I may not be here. And I think we tend, especially Americans, to live like I got 50 more years to figure this out. And then you get hit head on in a car crash next week and no, you don't have 50 more years. Right. Out. So living in the moment made me a different dad, not a better dad, not a worse dad. Maybe my children would say a worse dad. I don't know, but maybe definitely made me a different dad. And has it helped your marriage in the fact that you're put in situations where you had to fight through it no matter what, and you can't give up? Has that, uh, also translated over into your marriage where it's like, you know what, it sucks right now. It's really, we're having a really hard time, but I'm not going to give up. We're not going to quit. Yeah. What I would say about my wife, Dawn and I is we've been through some really rocky times in the past. Probably no question. We'll go through some rocky times in the future, but the, 
stress of combat, many combat deployments has showed us, look, don't give up no matter how bad it gets, just don't give up. Mm -hmm. And she, I think is equally committed to don't give up even when it gets really, really bad because it's easy to throw the towel in, but if you'll hang in there, it can get better. Hmm. This may take a while and a lot of hard work. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I'll also say this, nothing. I don't know that I have ever done anything that's as challenging as being a husband. And, um, whenever I do pre-marriage counseling, I tell, you know, the starry eyed couple that's never been married before, like y'all are about to get a rude awakening. <laughs> yes, you love each other and it's going to be awesome, but this is also going to be a lot of hard work. Yeah. And if you're willing to work at it, you can make it last, mm. but it takes a lot of hard work. Yeah. I always say it's a hundred percent, hundred percent. It's none of this 50, 50 stuff. Yeah. 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 So are there some, uh, some like daily, you know, disciplines or, or, uh, things that you and, or your wife or your kids did or do still that, uh, help you to, to stay strong, work together and, and, uh, familial and spiritual, I guess are kind of the, yeah. Well, I made a commitment to the Lord, uh, many years ago that I was going to spend some time every day reading the Bible and in prayer, mm-hmm. maybe five minutes, maybe an hour, but I'm going to give it a little bit of time every day. I've been following that through for many, many years. I won't tell you guys how many, but it's been a long time that I have not missed one day of spending time in the word and in prayer. And as a parents, we made the decision when our children were really young, we're going to do family devotions. Now, nobody's ever done this with us before, either one of us. We never really even knew what we were doing. We just said, man, we our children need to see us practice in our faith. We need to have some kind of family ceremony. So we do a family devotion every night, have for since our children were very young. And now most of our children are grown and out of the house, but we still do family devotions every night. Nice. And I hope the habit of family devotions, I hope that when they're married and they have children of their own, they think, oh, I guess we're supposed to do this because my dad did this with my mom and dad did this with me. We're supposed to do this, right? And uh, it just continues on, not for the sake of a family tradition, but for the sake of a family being united around the right things. Hmm. And you found that that was what you were developing with that, with those habits? Yeah, I mean, it became so so ingrained in our family that we do it at the exact same time. Immediately after dinner, we we always had dinner at the table together as a mm, family. I love that. Table. And then after dinner, got up and went and did family devotions together. And for many years now, it's been a uh, well. We know you don't do anything else. You you go to the dinner table for dinner, and you get up and do devotions after that. Mm, nice. So it's become kind of autopilot for us. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. And uh, with your children, what's the biggest thing you want your children to take away from you? And what's the biggest thing we need to be teaching our children right now? Well, the 10,000 year question is the thing that really weighed on my mind. So when I was a new father, we have five children, my wife and I do. Um, And when our children were young and I just felt like I was being pulled in a hundred directions and not sure, you know, if I was being the kind of dad that I was supposed to be, I started thinking, what do, what's the ultimate goal of being a parent? Like, why did God give these children to us in the first place? Hmm. And the two things that came to my mind is one, I'm supposed to help them transition into adulthood to become strong, independent, um, uh, 
human beings, men and women. But the second thing is I'm supposed to help them become followers of Jesus, passionate about following Jesus. And so I think we just stumbled our way through this, my wife and I did, but we just, just tried to figure out what does it take to turn somebody who is an infant screaming, for, a little baby terrorist screaming for your attention <laughs> and will do whatever it takes to <laughs> their way to become a strong, independent man or woman who loves Jesus. And whatever that is, that's what we're going to do. Nice. So the thing that I really want my children 10,000 years from now to, to the, the, the 10,000 year test for me is I, I really want my children to become strong and independent, but also passionate about Jesus. Hmm. Yeah. And, and I, can't, I can't do that for them, but I can model it. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. The The thing that I'm learning, I have uh, four children myself, um, just had a new newborn a month ago, and that's baby number four, Logan. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It's fun. Uh, the thing that uh, that I'm realizing about myself is that I am not a perfect dad, and I don't think I'll ever be perfect. But uh, the fact that you don't give up and you keep trying and the fact that you try to be the example, like you model that, like if you want your kid to to control themselves and not throw their toys when they're upset, you know, dad needs to not throw his stuff across his shop when he's upset. You know, (laughs) I mean, like we need to be the example uh, and, and lead our children in that way. Yeah. I also say I tried to be the kind of man that my sons would say, when I grow up, I'm going to be just like him. Exactly. And we have two daughters. This was a terrifying thought for me, but I also tried to be the kind of man that my daughters would say, when I grow up, I want to marry a guy just mm. like my dad. And that really weighed heavy on my shoulder. To this day, weighs heavy on my shoulder. Yeah. Being the kind of man that my sons say, I'm going to be like that one day. Yeah. My daughters say, I'm going to marry a guy like that one day. Yeah. Oh, that, that puts a lot of things into perspective for you. It does. Oh, that's huge. Does. That, that's huge because, uh, you know, they say that uh, boys will kind of find someone that models their mother a little bit when they get out. And if the mother's not talking to the husband properly, they're going to find a woman that's probably not going to talk to them correctly. And yeah. same thing for you. If you're yelling and screaming at your wife, your daughters are going to probably find some dude who's yelling and screaming at his wife. And we don't want that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got a 14-year-old daughter, so I'm... We're just getting into the whole, you know, beginning part of boys and and all that jazz, and and that that weighs heavy on me every day. Is is how can That's I great. be a good example for my daughter to to model the kind of man that uh, that she should look for? So yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. And you and I know if 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 they really knew what was in my heart, sometimes it would be really ugly. So <laughs> I, I got no. I'm just saying, I still got a lot of me to work on. Sure. Because I know what's in my heart. Right. Um, yeah. How do you reconcile that? The stuff that's going on inside of you with the the outward, you know, kind of, I don't want to call it a persona, but like the, the you you want to project to your kids, your wife, your 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 people at church. Um, and, and then, you know, but, but like you said, you know you, you know, and, and I know me and I know the stuff that goes on in my head. And it's it's sometimes hard to kind of get that straight between which one I want to, I know which one I want to be, you know, so I do my best to try yeah. to be that one. But uh, how, how do you, how do you manage that? Uh, those, those... Yeah, I, man, I should be asking you guys this question because I'm not sure I have a good answer here. 
uh, I really wrestle with the, I know who I am deep down is I know how wicked my heart is. If mm. it wasn't for Jesus, I know the kind of person that I would be right now. I'm acutely aware of that. Mm. And I want my children, I want the folks in our church to see a man who's real and who's vulnerable and who's honest. But at the same time, if they saw just how wicked my heart was, it would probably curl their hair. So <laughs> I, you know, I struggle with the, I'm not going to try to pretend that I'm Superman because I'm not. And I don't want anybody to feel like I'm Superman. Mm -hmm. That's, if you think about it as a child, that would be an oppressive father to live or, you know, to have in the home to think I got to live up to that. <laughs> I could never live up to that. So I don't want to mm -hmm. set that kind of example for our children. But at the same time, I want to show them that I'm working on it and that I've got uh, and that Christ is at work in me and I've got a long ways to go. Um, but I am heading in the right direction. And I, I think there's a fine balance there. I just am not sure I always get that balance right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I may be too much on one side and too open and too honest. Sometimes I may be way too much on the other side and too closed off and projecting some guy who I'm really not. Wow. How do you balance um, family life and ministry? Because you're you're a pastor now, and I don't know how long you've been pastoring, but uh, I know that it's a challenge for a lot of pastors out there to not get consumed with their ministry and feel like, hey, I got to be doing this, and then the family gets pushed off to the to the side. Yeah. Uh, I don't always do it very well. Um, I think this question has probably been asked of me hundreds, if not a thousand <laughs> times. And I mean this quite literally by guys that are trying to figure it out. And they're like, man, I'm getting pulled. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if I give my family what they really need from me, I'm, I'm not able to give work what I'm supposed to. I'm a crappy uh, worker if I give my family what they need. And if I give work what they need, then I'm a crappy father and a husband. Right. How do you do this? And I don't know. I really... We'll say this honestly. I have never met a guy who says I figured it out. Hmm. Wow. Which means all of us are still struggling <laughs> with that thing. And maybe it's okay that we're struggling with it because at least it shows that you have a sensitive heart about it. Hmm. If you don't care, then fine. Spend all of your time at work and blow your family off. And don't be surprised when you come home and the house is empty and the bank account is cleaned out. If you care, you probably will struggle with this. And it may be just part of the being pulled, one man pulled in two different directions at the same time yeah. and often feel like I can't win. If I give work what they need, I'm cheating my family. If I give family what they need, I'm cheating work. Yeah, I think, yeah, we all struggle with that. Hit the nail right there, man. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I think we all struggle with that. I feel like the answer... Um, what God calls us to, if he's given you a wife and he's given you a children then to me, that's your first priority. You know, you, God has given you charge of those people to be responsible for. And if work is not allowing you to do that, then I, I say you get rid of that job, find something else. Yeah, I have on more than one occasion recommended to guys, quit, go do something different. Yeah, I don't do that lightly, but I would also say there are some families that are making impossible demands on dad or on the husband. And mm. in those cases, all right, there's no one can meet those kind of demands. Hmm. So I think there's no, maybe there's no perfect answer here, but part of the answer is if you're struggling, 
that's not necessarily a bad thing because at least it shows you care. At least it shows your heart is in the right place. If you're not struggling, that may not be good at all. Yeah. Hmm. Nah. Yeah. Because I don't know of a guy who's not struggling with this. Yeah. Right. To some degree. So, what would your advice be to this new group of uh, of uh, millennials and uh, now newer group of coming up who want everything instantly? They want the perfect marriage. They want the perfect job. They want the perfect car. They want everything <laughs> lined up perfectly instantly right now with Instagram and everything else. What would your advice be to these uh, new group of men coming up? Yeah, my advice would be dig your heels in and brace yourself because mm. you're about to get hit by a truckload of reality. <laughs> what you're asking for does not exist. Mm. And the guys that do have this, let's just be honest. It's taken them 50 years of hard work to have that kind of life. Hmm. So if you want that, you better be ready for 50 years of hard work. Yeah. But if you think you're going to have that right out of college in your first year of being a, you know, a high paid professional and have it all that you're about to get hit by a Mack truck <laughs> of reality. So dig your heels in because it's going to hit you hard. Wow. Get ready. You know, I'm just saying that because I think there has been this um, deception out there Hmm. and it's it's people are being hit with this deception from every possible angle that says you can have it all. And I don't think you can have it all. Hmm. In fact, I think Jesus says you can't have it all. (laughs) That that famous story about the farmer who tore down his barns and built bigger barns thinking, all right, finally, I've got it all. And then Jesus says at the end of that story, you fool, tonight your soul is going to be required of you. And you thought you had it all, but you don't have it all. You really can't have it all. Mm. You're going to have to make some hard choices. Mm. And don't make the foolish choice of chasing after bigger barns or a bigger paycheck or more prestige because you just might get it. And when you get it, realize it's not at all what I thought it was going to be. Hmm. Oh, I love that. I think about that all the time uh, because that scripture, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Hmm. Yeah. You know, and that... that... In the course of, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but in the course of this conversation, what would it profit you that you do gain the corner office and the CEO on the door and you lose everything about your faith or your family in the process? Is that worth it? Right. Yeah. Well, I think that's a deception from the enemy because if the family is under attack, I feel like the family unit is under attack uh, harder than ever with everything that's going on. We're literally destroying the foundation of the family, and then we're just throwing these kids out there with no guidance, no direction. And then when they're falling, and we've got the suicide rate as high as high as high as it is, and we got all this stuff happening, we wonder, well, what's going on? Well, we've totally eliminated and taken the father out of the home and out of the family yeah. unit, and we're destroying our society. Yeah, and honestly, guys, we if if us guys were honest, we would have to say a lot of this is our fault, mm-hmm. because when we should have stuck in there, we didn't. When we should have held on during the hard times, we left dads were divorced or disconnected when they were at home and a lot of children grew up without a dad figure in their life and then they become adults get married and try to figure out how to be dad or what a dad is supposed to do with no clue right i would even take it a step further i think right now it may be at one of its most important moments 
in a long, long time. Hmm. Because with social distancing and shelter in place, you have a family at home, really can't leave the home for the first time in a long, long time. And now I think there's probably some dads that are at home that are trying to figure out how to be dad because he's been at the office and disconnected really the entire time that he's been a parent. And now he's struggling trying to figure it out. Oh, that's in America. It's not just America, but the world is saying, no, you stay home, be a family, figure it out. And they're saying, uh, our marriage is a wreck. Our children are out of control. They were like this before all of this happened. And then you just locked the doors and created this pressure cooker. (laughs) And it's really bad right now. Yeah, you magnified it. Yeah, I hear the... uh, some dads would have to say, it's my fault. I mean, if they were honest, they would have to say, it's my fault. It's so bad in my house right now. Yeah, you know, we hear stories of uh, the the rates of... Um, domestic violence are are skyrocketing right now. The rates of suicide are skyrocketing right now. Child abuse are skyrocketing right now because families, dysfunctional families who don't know how to relate to one another, talk to one another, they don't have the leadership that's necessary, are now forced to be bound together by by these directives. And uh, yeah, we don't know how to relate to one another. I just read a statistic that the call centers are, there's a 25% increase in domestic violence Mm -hmm. in the call centers across America in the last three weeks because that dad is, uh, that husband is now at home and Mm -hmm. has never figured out how to be the husband or the dad that he's supposed to be. And now he doesn't have a choice. Right. His, his answer is start swinging his fist. Yep. Uh, Yeah. That's terrible. Alcohol is often involved in those things too, and yeah. different substances and family dysfunction. You know, so. But maybe this is where your podcast has a chance to scream to America, okay, we blew this off for a long time. We, us guys, blew this off for a long time mm. pursuing something else, sports or work or whatever. And now it's time for us to figure out how to be a dad and a husband again. Oh, I love that. You were making such a great point because now is the time to step up. Here's your opportunity. Here's your chance to step up and be the the husband and father that you need to be and lead your family. Uh, That's great. And likely one that they want to be. I mean, I think most men want to be good dads. They want to be good husbands. They just, they either didn't get modeled it well. They don't know how. Yeah. They just need somebody to help them. And if you, if you grew up in a home where dad wasn't there because he divorced my mom or the dad that was there was a total train wreck. Right. Then you're trying to figure this one out because you don't have the first clue how to be a good dad. So where do you go find the answers? I know, but the, I want the you answer to, to this question is supposed to be the church. It's supposed to be in the scriptures and through a relationship with Jesus Christ. There, you go. there is only one perfect father out mm. there, and it is our father in heaven. And if your dad, and I just want to say this to your listeners, if your dad was an absolute disaster, if he was an alcoholic that beat you and you don't have the first clue what it means to be a dad, if you watched your father walk out on your mother and you don't know how to be a husband, well, you do have an example to look through or to look to, and it is your father in heaven. He's the only example of what a perfect father looks like. Mm who shows unconditional love to a bunch of rebellious children that don't even deserve his love. Yeah. That's it. Wow. That's awesome, Jeff. That's, yeah. I love that. Hmm. 
Well, I want to encourage you a bit. I want to I want to take just a few minutes just to ask you a question. I didn't email this to you or anything like that, so mm-hmm. I hope you're yeah. you're cool with this. Fire away, no fire away. Do you think that um, this is a sign of the end? Do you feel like uh, this has anything to do with revelations? Do you think this has to do with uh, the one world government? Anything like that? What are your thoughts? Um, yes and no. The yes part of the answer is there's no question we are a step closer to Jesus returning today than we have ever been. And I don't mean that just because we're one day closer to, uh, you know, one day past the resurrection and one day closer to the return. That's not exactly why I say it. There's the dominoes are falling. They're falling so that the king will one day return and take God's children home to be with him. And the dominoes are starting to fall, I believe, in faster succession, starting to fall. The, you know, the, the dominoes are getting bigger and they're falling faster. And I think this virus, it's a global pandemic. Do I believe that it is represented in the book of Revelation? I don't really think so. Not really sure. But I do think there are plenty of examples in Scripture where God sends plagues, God sends difficulties, God sends troubles, as Jesus uses this phrase, as mourn, or as labor pangs as the day gets closer. And this may not be a direct event that we can point our finger to a specific verse in Revelation, but there's no question in my mind, this is one of those labor pains saying the end is on its way. The end is is coming. And who knows, it may be very soon. Hmm. Yeah, it makes it more, even more uh, important to, to have your eternal destiny secure and be and and have that with and for your family i believe as well yeah because yeah, that's all, that's know? the only thing you can take with you or bring with you is your yeah, family so i'm glad you guys said that so for the dads and the husbands that are listening right now the question is are you going to be standing before god in heaven and hear well done good yeah. and faithful exactly. servant? that's the first question yeah. but the second question is is your wife and your children going to mm. be there too yeah and because god has made you the spiritual leader of your home you don't determine their fate, but you heavily influence it. Yep. So what about it, dads? Right. What about it, husbands? Are they going to be standing next to you in heaven? Exactly. Man, that's a heavy question. <laughs> that is awesome, Jeff. <laughs> Thank you so much wow. for taking your time and talking with us today. Yeah. Uh, I'm just really appreciative of uh, you making the time just mm. to visit with us. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm proud of what you're doing. Anybody who is trying to tackle helping men become better dads and husbands, I'm proud of you guys for that. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Well, job. we've no. t- we've said it. We have no clue what we're doing. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> we just have a heart for the Lord and a heart for helping other people. And uh, we thought because we used to meet every uh, every other Wednesday for breakfast and encourage each other, and we thought, man, we should encourage others to step up and do better because. Dennis challenges me all the time. Caleb, you can do better, and I do yes, the same yeah. thing for him. And I'm like, we should do this for other people. But it's it's only a couple months in. We have no clue what we're doing. But I I'm just uh, it's awesome that you came and agreed to do it. Yeah, I'm we sure. I'm proud of what you guys are trying to do, man. <laughs> we appreciate Lord you. Blesses it. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, you, Jeff. Yeah, I just want to say again, Jeff, if you're listening, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. It was it was such an honor to talk to him and to. Just get his take, his feedback on, you know, manhood, what that means, how that journey has has gone for him, and and just get his take and his advice, right, to, to men out there uh, to step up and lead. I love that. 
Yeah. No, and I just, I'm just thankful that he was willing to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, someday, I think uh, I'd like to actually have him back and talk about awesome. uh, about the role of the church in today's world. Oh yeah. Um, He's a pastor. Yeah, because we've we've talked about, uh, you know, how the modern church has got some issues and stuff like that. So mm-hmm, I'd like to mm-hmm. get his take on that and talk about that too. Yeah, that'd be interesting. For another episode, though, for another day. Yep. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Yeah, we sure appreciate you guys. Check us out on the web at thedcxp.com. Yep. Or on our email address at... Email us uh, at thedcxp at... Gmail.com. Check us out on Anchor. Yep, check out our Um, Instagram page, right? Yeah, and and we're going to try and have more people on, too. And if you want to support us and you want to uh, see this grow and continue, um, there's a donate page on our website. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you can donate there, or there's a merchandise shop. We got some cool shirts yeah. and stuff there too, and that and that's also supports us. And you get something cool. There's m- coffee mugs and stuff like that. Buy yourself a pair of leggings. Yeah, so check that out. There, there's some cool. I, I designed yeah. some leggings. No, I think the you know? leggings are great. If I, I wore think, leggings, yeah, I'd probably if, buy a if pair. If you dudes like like want to support us and and like get, get your, your wives, wife on there board, you go. get there your you wives go. a pair of leggings, yeah. or wives if you're listening instead of your husbands. Because that happens, too. There you go. But, uh, yeah, that was an awesome episode. Totally privileged yeah. and honored to have him on. And uh, you guys have a good week, and we love you all. And thank you for listening at different levels. We love you all at <laughs> different levels. We can just say Not all the same. At this point. It's not all the same, though. It's not all the same. It doesn't have to all be the same. Does it have to be the same? Can we just say we love you all? We do. Because uh, we do. Not uh, not all the same. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You guys have a good week. The DC Experiment.